Welcome to Misty 101 podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. Government sneaks out bad news under the cover of the Queen's Jubilee. Under fire Prime Minister Boris Johnson will be hoping the found day Jubilee bank holiday will provide him some respite from the ongoing fallout of the Partygate scandal. Members of his own party, some of who are pushing for his exit, have appeared to have agreed on a truce over the break. Home Secretary Preeti Patel told Tory MPs pushing for the Prime Minister to resign to forget it. Ms Patel said writing letters of no confidence in Mr Johnson was a sideshow and the party should be focused on real challenges that we have to find solutions to. Speaking to the Daily Mail, she said, this isn't about a parade of leadership candidates or a contest of letters. We need to concentrate on doing our jobs. Look at what is going on in the world right now, look at the challenges that we face domestically. We can't ignore those. Our job is to deliver on the people's priorities. They won't thank the Conservative Party for talking about itself at a time when people have anxieties, concerns, apprehensions. Bank holidays often see governments try to offload any bad news in the hope that attentions are elsewhere. It's a long-standing political tactic and this time around it has proved no different reports the Mirror. Boris Johnson's ethics chief suggested the PM's partygate fine may have broken the ministerial code in a report slipped out this week. Lord Guite said there was a legitimate question about whether Mr Johnson's lockdown birthday due in June 2020 broke the ethics rules governing politicians. In a damning annual report slipped out by No. 10 on Tuesday night. Lord Guite demanded Boris Johnson explain himself to the public over whether he thought he had broken the code. He said he had repeatedly the Prime Minister to publicly explain why he thought incurring a fixed penalty notice would not be in breach of the Code of Conduct for Ministers, but said, that advice has not been heeded. But in a letter to Lord Guite, Mr Johnson replied, taking account of all the circumstances, I did not breach the code. The PM was accused of watering down the ministerial code after he quietly issued a new version of the rules governing the top politician's conduct. In his introduction to the previous edition of the code, Mr Johnson said ministers must uphold the very highest standards of propriety. The new introduction says the code should guide my ministers on how they should act and arrange their affairs but these words have been stripped from the new edition. The foreword no longer explicitly mentions the seven Nolan principles of public life, integrity, objectivity, accountability, transparency, honesty and leadership in the public interest. Tory Minister Chris Philp insisted these principles were still contained in the code. The PM also dismissed calls from his ethics adviser Lord Guite to be granted power to launch independent investigations. The Home Office started informing asylum seekers they will be sent to Rwanda this week, with the first flight expected to leave on 14 June. Notices, known as removal directions, were issued to an unknown number of people seeking sanctuary in Britain, informing them of the date of their forced departure.
It is not known how many people will be on the first flight or what countries they have come from, Boris Johnson announced the plan to ship asylum seekers to Rwanda in April in a bid to clamp down on the number of people crossing the channel in small boats. Any migrants who have arrived illegally in dinghies since January 1 will be detained and forced on two charter flights. The government has ordered Britain's last coal-fired power plants to remain open this winter amid internal warnings over blackouts this winter. Grim government modelling warned up to 6 million households could be affected by power cuts this winter in a reasonable worst-case scenario triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Downing Street confirmed a request had been made to keep coal power plants running which had been scheduled to wind down operations by the autumn. The move raised questions about whether plans to slash carbon emissions were still on track, as the heavily polluting fuel source had been due to be phased out. A government spokesman said the request had been made due to the impact of the war in Ukraine and it was still committed to ending coal power use by 2024. Amber Heard's attorney reveals the actress is unable to pay the $8 million she owes Depp. Amber Heard's lead attorney has spoken out following her stunning civil suit loss and says the actress is unable to pay the $8.35 million in damages she owes Johnny Depp. Lawyer Elaine Charlson Bredhoft, who represented Heard at trial appeared on the Today Show on Thursday and said that Heard has excellent grounds to appeal the verdict and plans to do so. Asked if the Aquaman actress would be able to pay the damages she owes Depp after a jury vindicated his claims that she lied by accusing him of abuse during their marriage, Brett Hoft replied, No, absolutely not. In a blockbuster verdict, a jury in Virginia on Wednesday awarded Depp more than $10 million in damages. In a split decision, Heard also won a $2 million verdict against Depp, leaving her owing him a little more than $8 million. It's a horrible message. It's a setback, a significant setback because that's exactly what it means Brett Hoft said of the verdict. Unless you pull out your phone and you video your spouse or your significant other beating you, effectively, you won't be believed. The attorney insisted the jury in the case had been influenced by public opinion including on social media, despite strict orders from the judge not to read anything about the case outside of court. There's no way they couldn't have been influenced. It was horrible. It was really, really lopsided Brett Hoft said of public sentiment against Heard in the case. It's like the Roman Colosseum, how they viewed this whole case. Brett Hoft said that Depp's legal team had tried to demonize Amber and suppress the evidence. We had an enormous amount of evidence suppressed in this case that was in the UK case she said, referring to Depp's defamation suit against the Sun, which he lost. In the UK case when it came in, Amber won, Mr Depp lost. Asked whether the verdict meant that the jury simply didn't believe Heard, Brett Hoft doubled down, responding, that's because she was demonised here. A number of things were allowed in this court that should not have been allowed and it caused the jury to be confused she said. Brett Hoft said that Heard was feeling the burden of Wednesday's verdict. One of the first things she said is, 
I am so sorry to all those women out there. This is a setback. For all women in and outside the courtroom. And she feels she feels the burden of that the attorney said. The verdicts bring an end to a televised trial that Depp had hoped would help restore his reputation, though it turned into a spectacle that offered a window into a vicious and dysfunctional marriage. Heard who was stoic in the courtroom as the verdict was read, said she was heartbroken. I'm even more disappointed with what this verdict means for other women. It's a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously she said in a statement posted on her Twitter account. Depp who was not in court Wednesday, said the jury gave me my life back. I am truly humbled. I hope that my quest to have the truth be told will have helped others, men or women, who have found themselves in my situation, and that those supporting them never give up he said in a statement posted to Instagram. Depp's you'd heard for libel in Fairfax County Circuit Court over a December 2018 op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post describing herself as a public figure representing domestic abuse. His lawyers said he was defamed by the article even though it never mentioned his name. The jury found in Depp's favor on all three of his claims relating to specific statements in the 2018 piece. Single dad kicks his mum out of house as she tells his kids they're getting a new mum. A single dad whose wife passed away has been left outraged by his own mum after she told her grandchildren that they'd be getting a new mum soon, which left the little ones in tears. Sharing his story on Reddit, the man said his wife died two years ago and he has been raising their three kids, a seven-year-old son and four-year-old twin daughters with the help of his own parents ever since. His mom moved in with them seven months ago to save on rent and lend a helping hand with the children but has recently started trying to convince the dad to start dating again and find someone new. And even though the man has insisted he's not ready for that yet, his mom went ahead and told his kids that a new mummy is coming, leaving them in tears because they don't want a new mum. In his post, he said, my wife died two years ago. I'm now a single dad to our three kids. Because I have to work two jobs, all, the kids, grandparents have been babysitting a lot. My mother moved in with us seven months ago, because her rent got way too expensive, and honestly I just really needed the help. A few weeks ago my mother asked me if I will ever remarry because the kids will need a mum, and I brushed it off and asked her not to talk about that anymore. Last week she asked my kids at breakfast if they would like to have a new mummy. I snapped at her and told her to stop it. Later that day she told me that her friend's daughter is single and would be great for me. I told her I'm not interested and not to bring it up in front of the kids. Yesterday, I came home to my girls crying and my boy trying to comfort them. I ask what happened and my son tells me that a new mummy is coming and that they don't want a new mum. Outraged, 
The man told his mum to get out of the house and not to come back until the following day when he'd had time to comfort his children and reassure them that they won't be getting a new mum. But his actions have split the opinion of his family members, with some saying he overreacted. He added, I lost it, went to my mum's room and yelled at her, then told her to get out of my house the next day. The kids went to stay with my brother for the night. When I came home today, she was still here and begged me to give her another chance. I said she crossed this line too many times. I said she has another night here, then she better figure something else out. My brother said I overreacted, my in-laws are on my side, and my sister said I'm an asterisk asterisk hole and I owe mom a place to live and that she is a good person. Commenters on the Reddit post were on the dad's side, with many of them saying there shouldn't be any pressure on him to start dating again if he's not ready, and his mom definitely shouldn't be talking to the children about it. One person said, she doesn't care at all about your feelings or boundaries, and she's willing to traumatize your children to push her own agenda. While another added, as a single dad of three there should be no pressure on you or rush to find a significant other or remarry. Only you will know when you are ready for a relationship. Kicking her out may have been a tad extreme but you have to put your foot down, your children are your number one priority and standing up for them and yourself is a big deal. And a third wrote, she actually said new mummy to your kids. That's so horrible I don't even have words for it. Good for you for defending your children, and I hope things start looking up for you. You sound like an awesome dad. Amber Heard's Aquaman co-star Dolph Lundgren reveals what it was like to work with her. Amber Heard's Aquaman 2 co-star Dolph Lundgren has revealed what it was like to work with her. In an Instagram Live conversation with Redline Steel CEO Colin Wayne on Monday, the 30th of May, Lundgren, who plays Nrius alongside Herd's Mera in the DC film franchise, said that he had a great experience with the actress. We shot last fall in London. She's terrific. I had a great experience with her he told Wayne. Lundgren also added that Heard was nice to everybody and down to earth. Amid the trial, Heard's ex-husband Johnny Depp was accused of attempting to get Heard fired from her role in the Aquaman franchise and was called to the stand on Wednesday, the 25th of May, to be asked about text messages he sent his sister Christy Dimbrowski in June 2016. Sign up to our new free Indie 100 weekly newsletter. In a report from The Independent, a text from the Pirates of the Caribbean actor to Dimbrowski read, I want her replaced on that WB, Warner Bros, film. Depp did confirm that the her was in reference to his ex-spouse. Ben Rottenborn, Heard's lawyer, asked Depp, You also tried to get her fired from Aquaman after the temporary restraining order, didn't you? I can't please you with a yes or no every single time Depp said before adding, the answer is no dot. After seeing the text message exchange, Depp said that his sister doesn't work at Warner Brothers and, therefore, can't fire Amber. Soon after, 
Rottenborn pointed out that the actor was also in contact with Warner Brothers executives to try and get Heard fired. In an earlier claim, Heard said that her role in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom was pared down as a result of her public ordeal with Depp. On Monday, the 23rd of May, Kathleen Arnold, an entertainment industry consultant for Heard, noted the defamatory statements that Heard's team claimed Depp's attorney, Adam Waldman, caused to her career when he accused her of conjuring up an abuse hoax against the actor. Arnold said that it made film studios and brands apprehensive about working with the actress, especially when the negative social media campaign against her intensified. She also said that Heard trained five hours a day for several months with the trainer to do this big action sequence and wasn't informed that her role was significantly diminished until she got to set. So, her role, was radically reduced from what it was in the script and what she even trained for while she was preparing for the movie. Despite this, DC Films and Warner Brothers chief Walter Hamada put a stop to the claims that Depp was the reason Heard was almost let go from the Aquaman sequel. He stated that it was a lack of chemistry between Heard and co-star Jason Mamoa. The chemistry wasn't there. This one was more difficult because of lack of chemistry between the two, Hamada said. Over the last few weeks, Heard was all over the headlines as she and Depp's $50 million defamation lawsuit against her panned out in a Virginia courtroom. Depp is suing her over her 2018 Washington Post op-ed in which she claimed she was a victim of domestic abuse. She didn't explicitly mention Depp's name in the story. Little Boy, 6, laughed at by airport staff when his dream Disney holiday was cancelled. The parents of a little boy, who was left heartbroken when his dream holiday was cancelled, have claimed that airport staff laughed in his face as he was crying. Six-year-old Oliver was left devastated when his trip of a lifetime to Disneyland Paris was cancelled, while they were waiting to board the plane. But his parents have said that airport staff made things worse, by laughing at the little boy's sadness. Oliver's dad. Mike Cole, 50, said that his son burst into tears at Bristol Airport when their EasyJet flight to Paris was cancelled, following a two-hour boarding delay. Mike and his wife, Anna, 42, had shelled out £1,200 for Disney passes and to stay at the resort's Explorers Hotel for four days. The family, from Bristol, had spent two years saving up for the trip. Both Oliver and his sister, Polly, 15, had been counting down the days until their dream holiday. After waiting in the departures lounge for two hours, passengers for the flight to Paris from Bristol were finally called to the departure gate around 8.30pm on Sunday night, only to find a sign that said they could not board the plane. Mike said that around 100 passengers were then escorted out of the airport by police officers. He fumed, no notice, no announcement, no warning. The displays in the airport showed the flight was still going, albeit delayed, and about 20 minutes before we were due to be taking off the gate number came up, there was a massive queue, but no reps, just a sign saying flight cancelled.
Mike and his wife are now thousands of pounds out of pocket, as their Disneyland stay is non-refundable. The money that the family spent on their Disney passes and accommodation were separate to their flight, so are not covered by the airline's refund policy. But to make matters worse, Mike said that airport staff laughed when they saw little Oliver, who had never been abroad before, crying. He has described the way that staff acted as disgusting and said that he will be making a formal complaint. He said, there was just a complete hostility and a blank of helpfulness, a brick wall. She looked down at Oliver crying and laughed and looked at me and said you're disgusting, then walked off. Mike said the staff member told the passengers, if you want to rebook, do it by the app, or do it on the phone tomorrow but leave the airport because we are not helping you tonight. When another passenger began to film her, she called for assistance and then police arrived to usher people out of the airport. Mike explained, the police came over, behind us and in front of us as a group, to escort us out of the airport. The family, from Bristol, arrived at check-in five hours prior to their original flight time of 7.25pm, and it was then delayed by 10 minutes and eventually to 8.43pm. Mike said he understood the difficulties the airport is currently experiencing, but within that time if they'd been told it was likely to be called off passengers could have made other arrangements. Our holiday, the hotel and the passes, is separate from the flight he explained, even if we'd had to go to Cardiff or Heathrow at that point and got a flight through the night, we could have. By the time they told us, the next available flight out of Bristol was Wednesday and the next available flight from Heathrow was Monday lunchtime. It's completely unacceptable. Mike has since been told that his flight, costing £650, plus the £120 extra baggage charge is refundable, but only once the airline knows why the flight was cancelled. They have given us no explanation, no reason why the flight was cancelled and we can't claim anything until we know why he said. Oliver's devastated because he's lost his holiday that we saved for for two years in amongst the bills, Covid and the rising cost of living. I don't want to sound dramatic or over the top, there are people in far worse situations than us. But the kids had drawn their own poster on the wall like a calendar, ticking off the days for the last month and bang out of the blue we're back in the car and going home instead of going on holiday. Mike said he hopes Disney can change its policy and allow them to take the holiday during the next school break as he and Anna both work in education. That's what we're pinning our hopes on, just some form of humanity he added. A Bristol airport spokesman said, We appreciate that having a flight cancelled can be a very stressful experience. Any customer that feels a member of the team or a business partner colleague has acted inappropriately is encouraged to make a complaint so this can be investigated and verified using CCTV footage. Unbelievable. Turkey gives Lithuanian crowdfunders free drone for Ukraine. A Turkish defense contractor has agreed to donate the $6 million, 4.7 million pounds, armed unmanned drone, which Lithuania was crowdfunding for, 
in support of Ukraine's war against Russian invaders. The donation of the Bayraktar TB2 drone is part of what appears to be a tightening of security and defense ties between Ankara and Vilnius ahead of a critical NATO summit in Madrid later this month. It is unbelievable, but Turkey just agreed to give the Bayraktar that Lithuania gathered money for free. Lithuania Defense Minister Arvid Asenusoskas wrote on Thursday in a tweet sprinkled with capital letters, exclamation points and emojis. The millions raised so far as part of a Lithuanian journalist's campaign to buy the drone would be spent on buying precision missiles for the unmanned aerial vehicle and providing other support for Ukraine, he wrote. The weapon, produced by Istanbul-based Baker Technologies, has been made famous by its effective use by Ukrainian forces against the invading Russians. A photo released on Thursday showed Mr. Anusoskas's deputy, Vilyas Semeska, posing next to a Bayraktar TB2 alongside Baker top executives Haluk and Selkuk Bayraktar, a son-in-law of the Turkish president, Risp Tayyip Erdogan. The people of Lithuania have honorably raised funds to buy a Bayraktar TB2 for Ukraine Baker said in a statement. Upon learning this, Baker will gift a Bayraktar TB2 to Lithuania free of charge and asks those funds go to Ukraine for humanitarian aid. Television journalist and activist Andrea Stepinas raised the money in three and a half days, mostly with donations of less than £50 according to a press release. We are also delivering a powerful challenge for every European Mr. Tapinas was quoted as saying in the press announcement. Put pressure on your stars, your businesses, and your politicians, by asking them, why can't we do the same, that, this crazy country has done in just a few days. News about Turkey's donation of the drone came a day after Mr. Semeskar signed a deal that would pave the way for cooperation with Turkey's Defense Industry Agency, which oversees the country's arms industry. By law, Ankara must approve any arms exports. The acquisition of combat drones is in the plans, possibly a Bayraktar, too Mr. Anusaskas told reporters on Tuesday declining to elaborate on specific purchases. What previously seemed unconvincing or inappropriate for our conditions is changing, and attitudes are changing. The two NATO countries will both attend a potentially contentious 29 June summit in Madrid, where the military alliance will discuss allowing Sweden and Finland into the bloc. Turkey has opposed entry by the two long neutral countries over their alleged support for autonomy-minded Kurdish organizations that Ankara considers a security threat. Lithuania, like the other two Baltic states Estonia and Latvia, is gaining influence and prominence as among the most outspoken and active members of the ad hoc coalition backing Ukraine against Russian invaders. All three former Soviet republics are among the top five donors to Ukraine by percentage of GDP. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan held a call with counterparts from the Baltic states, all historically menaced by various Moscow rulers, in which he underscored the ironclad U.S. commitment to NATO's Article 5 which would trigger alliance-wide intervention in any attack on a member, 
according to a White House press release. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast. We thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.